just four of you. Of things I've had my fill, and yet I hunger still. Empty in tonight as we gather together as a congregation in your presence Lord be come before you with adoration and praises and thanks you've been so merciful and good to us for this past year tonight as we examine our hearts Lord we feel there's a greater need for more of you in our lives as we sing this song, Father, we sing it unto thee as a prayer of our hearts, desiring more of your love and more of your spirit. More of you in our own lives, our daily activities should be filled with more of you, Father. Our thoughts and our hearts should be filled with more of you. We are thankful to you, Lord, for bringing us up to this moment. Regardless of the challenges and the problems we've encountered this past year, Lord, we know that many homes were broken. Many relationships were broken. Many lives were shattered, O oh God. But regardless of it all, we have encountered your love and your mercy that brought us together. And we have experienced your healing virtue and your power, O oh God, that brought life and you hope to every one of our souls, O oh Father. Today, Father, we pray that you will be with us as we face this new year that lies ahead. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But, Father, what we know is that you hold the future in your hands. You hold our future in your hands as we commit our future entirely before you. Tonight, we bring those that are discouraged 
those who are in pain and sorrow and suffering, those families, oh God, that have experienced wars and natural disasters in their lives and the discomfort and the, the sorrows that they've experienced, Father, we pray for strength. We pray for mercy. We pray that your grace would reach down and comfort those that are mourning tonight and those that are sick. We ask that your healing power would reach down and touch their bodies, their minds, their souls, and their spirits, O oh God. We ask you that you'll help us to be faithful. As a congregation, Lord, help us to remember the good days that we've had and to remember that you send your son Jesus into this world as a sacrificial lamb whose blood brought us redemption and salvation. Help us, O oh Father, not to turn our backs on you. O oh Lord, help us not to go backwards, Father, but every day should find us getting closer and closer and closer to you that we can grow and develop into things you want us to. Be with us, we pray. Bless the service tonight. Bless our weekend, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Can I be seated? I appreciate that song we just sang. More of you, Lord, more of you. It's a, it's a prayer from, from the heart. You know, when I personally examine my own life, I try to weigh myself sometimes in the sight of God and see how much of God do I have with me. Look at this past year. It was to me, it was just the other day. We started January and it went by so fast. A lot of things happened, a lot of things transpired this past year. And uh, we are thankful to the Lord that we are still here tonight. One of the things in my heart that I am really appreciative to God for is that I'm still in the church. Amen. That I'm still serving God. Amen. And we sing that song when I think of the goodness of Jesus. See the world today, they celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus and they, they're happy and they turn it into a, a celebration and sometimes it's an evil celebration. End up with more done in, in the flesh and more done with praises to the devil and praise to God. This time of the year, but it was a time when the Lord decided to send his son Jesus into this world as a gift, the greatest gift than one could ever imagine was the gift that God sent his son Jesus as a gift Amen. to us. For God so loved the world. In Sunday school, we learned that verse, verse of scripture, didn't we? John chapter three and verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, regardless of your background, regardless of the color of your skin, Regardless of your personality or where you're coming from, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him, all it takes is just believing. 
Believing is so important for every one of us. And not because I have attended church for 40 years means that I believe. I could be just a member of an organization attending church for many years, and yet that doesn't make me a Christian. It's like I always say, I cannot take my lawnmower, and I've got a nice little lawnmower, and put it in my garage and call it a car. Taking someone and put it in a church, even though they're singing and big signs up on the fr front that says, that, you know, we are so-and-so assembly of God, and, and we serve God, doesn't make that individual a Christian. I was born in a Christian home. My, my, my mom became a Christian before I was even born. And I recall a time when she prayed and she asked the Lord, that she, she read the book of uh, uh, Samuel, and she prayed and asked the Lord that if God would give her a son, that she would name him Samuel. And it came a time that I'm the last of nine siblings, and uh, the, uh, the way that mom had her, her kids, were the girls were different than the boys. She had a different experience and whatever. And when she, she prayed and asked the Lord for a son, and uh, when she was pregnant, she, all the symptoms she had <laughs> was that of a girl. And um, she said, well, you know, if, if the Lord give me a girl, that's fine. But I was born, and I was born a 15-pounder baby boy. And she decided that she would name me Samuel. And I remember I was, I was fairly big <laughs> and old in age when I got dedicated. And I, I, I was that the Lord had his hand on my life. I was born in a Christian home, I went to church with mom and dad and, and served, they served the Lord, but that did not make me a Christian. You see, outwardly, I, I, I was a Christian. <laughs> you look at me, my dress and my attire and everything else around me, about me, was, a, was representing Christ as a Christian. But if you had an instrument that could have focused on the inside, you would know that Christianity is not an outward thing, that it starts with the heart. I think it might have been in the 23rd chapter of Matthew when Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And when he says, he says, won't you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? He says, you may clean the outside of the platter. <laughs> And inside, it's dirty. And they went to church, and they, they spoke the word of God. And they kept the laws of Moses outwardly. But that did not make them a child of God. You become a child of God when the Lord gets a hold of your heart. And the change is from within. Mm -hmm. And God begins to clean that heart and make it a new heart. When David prayed in the Psalms, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. Many a times when I, 
I examine my own life and I weigh myself in, in the presence of God and I don't use my own scales as a, or, or my tools as a measurement of my own self. See, that sometimes the scripture talks about that. Uh, they, they're ignorant of God's ways and God's devices. They measure themselves by themselves. They're not wise. When a, a person, a child of God, have their own measurements for themselves and a different measurement for somebody else and they, that's not right. But when you look at the Bible, when you take this book that God has blessed us with, and I love the Bible, my Bible is becoming more precious to me every day that I live. I've got the Bible that's almost 10 or 15 years old, and this is going to be my fifth. If I go to a new Bible, it'll be my sixth Bible. But I find it very difficult to switch over to a new Bible because I got so acquainted with the pages of these, this Bible. Uh, where it's got a little a, a, a tear on the page and where the ink is blotted. And I know the page is so good that I feel uncomfortable even going to a new one. But I have to go there sometime. But this book has become something so brand new to me. I recall a time years ago, back in 1977, I think it was, when, when Brother Singh and Sister Singh went back to Guyana. I was a young man, I, was, uh, I went uh, to, to, to high school, I finished high school, and one of the things that I desired was to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I recall the day that I received it, uh, I went to a youth camp in, in Guyana, a youth camp, and it was in 1975. And we had a way down in the interior of Guyana. It was August the 30th. 1975, when we had a church service going on, and it was a Saturday night, and I, I said, tonight I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, speaking in tongues and saying jibber and jabber doesn't mean that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When God puts His Spirit in you, there's a new creature altogether developed. There's a new spirit. You'll begin to think differently. Your behavior is different. Your speech is different. The company you keep is different. And your, your, your personality, everything changes whatsoever because God is working on the inside. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, that's part of God in you. And in that day you shall know that I'm in the Father, Jesus says. And the Father is in me and I'm in you and you in me. And I remember the time when that Saturday night I said, I'm going to go as soon as the songs begin and the call is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll get it in front there and I'll, I'll go and I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I recall that night as soon as they start singing and we stood up, I ran to the, play, the, the front of the altar. It was a platform. I ran there and I, as I was going to the altar, something got a hold of me. Something take a hold of my mind. Something touched my heart and my mouth. And it was, a, that it was the Holy Spirit that I remember. And I will never ever forget that night that God baptized me yes. with the Holy Ghost. My life has never been the same. <clears throat> we sing that song since I met Jesus. When I sing that song, I am not lying. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of people that will sing that song and lie. But I say, when I sing that song, my life has never been the same since I met Jesus. 
because he changed me from the inside. See, when God begins to work on your life, people will recognize that. You'll have a love for God more than a love for the world. When I say the world, what do you think I mean when I say the world? Does it mean that the clouds out there and the skies and buildings? No, the people out there that are in the world. Love not the world, the lifestyle of the world, nor the things that are in the world. The scripture says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not an easy Transition. It's not an easy thing when you have the Lord in your life until overnight you make all the changes. It takes time. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm going to stop everything one shot. No, no, it'll take time. And this is where I learned the secret of having God work in one area at a time in my life. One area at a time. And I pray that God would help me in one area. When I go for my job interviews in the past here in Canada, first thing I want them to know that I'm a Christian. I serve God as a Christian, not for their education, but for my benefit, so I can live up to my, my, my calling as a Christian. And God has been good to me over this past year. I must say I've, I've gone through a lot of battles over this past three years since COVID came. But here I am in church tonight, with a testimony in my heart. I remember Nadine was talking a few minutes ago about her healing. When, when Solomon said, and it might have been in Ecclesiastes, was this in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter that we dealt with on Wednesday night? When the scripture says, when Solomon said, Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. And this is why it is very important to every home and every family to make sure that the word of God is not only taught or preached or read, but it's lived. The word of God must take a full control and authority over every life in that family. I look at my mom when, she, when I was growing up and she lived the word of God to the letter. And her lifestyle and her prayer is the reason why I'm here tonight. In church and I'm grateful for that family is very important and when uh, when uh, when we hear the testimony that God healed this child of cancer in her body the other day I received a phone call from uh, brother Bob uh, most of you might not know brother Bob but he was one of the individuals that was in prison and God touched his heart and thanks to brother Terry Tomlin and he called me and he says, uh, he says, somebody wants to talk to you. And his friend, uh, Phyllis, wanted to talk. And uh, she said to me, she says, you know what? I, was, I want to say thanks so much for all the prayers that were made for me. Because I was a victim of cancer. I suffered from cancer. And I went to the doctor the other day. She says, and with the prayers, she says, tonight I must tell you that I'm cancer free. You see, God is a God of miracle. He's a God of forgiveness, a God of mercy, and a God of love. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. I recall this past year, uh, I, was, uh, I was, uh, was asked to do a memorial service for someone 
for a young man who's, who was just 33 years old that passed away. Unfortunately, I was, not able to, I was not able to do his funeral because I was out of town. And so I decided to do the memorial service for him. I knew little of him. I, I know his family, but I knew little of him. And I recall that uh, when we had a, a, a program in there set up, and there were about 150 individuals for that memorial service packed out. And the majority of those people were Hindus from a Hindu background. The family was Hindu from a Hindu background. Our mom went to church and, and dad was not saved. And I had to do a memorial service for all those people standing around and sitting around. It was not an easy thing, Brother Terry. It was not easy to do that. But I began, I said, you know what, we taped some songs and we played it. And they were all there gathered together. And I got up to speak. And for some reason, when I would do a memorial service, you would reflect a little of that individual that passed. You would talk about his background and what he lived and what he liked and what he disliked and his family and so forth. But for some reason, I got up and I spoke about put my little notes aside and I spoke about a dysfunctional family. I don't know what, what got into me, but I said I was talking now about a dysfunctional family. And I explained how a family, uh, if, they, if God is not put in the lives of individuals, of ch their children, they can blame society how much they want, but society is just the extension of the home. So if you do not, do not cultivate the right things in the lives and the heart of your children when they go out in society, they would be perverted. But when you do the right thing, train a child the way it should go, when it's old, it will never depart from it. And I finished speaking about the dysfunctional family and so forth and so on. I talked about it and I had good, a good reception. Everybody was very attentive. When we were finished... Uh, when we were finished, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, one of the relatives came up to me and says, uh, did, uh, did they ever talk to you about uh, this boy, what, what he did? I says, no, I never, never knew about him. I never heard anything. He says, well, he says, I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. That when you were talking about the dysfunctional family, and the need for God in the home and the lives of, of the children... Since they were looking at you as though you knew everything that was happening in the family. Because the boy died of an overdose. He was a mule for a group out in Michi Michigan that he was bringing over drugs and it burst up in his, in, in, his, in, in, in his stomach. And he died on the way. And the family didn't want to say that. I'm saying all of that to say this. Sometimes an individual might not know where they are. And sometimes we may say, take the church for granted. But this building we have here is not the church. This is just a building. <clears throat> the church is made up of you and me. And there might be individuals that need God in their lives. And they'll come over here and come into the church. Not everyone that comes into the church is holy and righteous, no. Bring all your needs, the song says, to the altar. Bring all your needs to the Lord. You come wretched and, and miserable and full of sin and confusion and problems in your life. 
This is the place that you can meet with God. He can take those pieces that are scattered and torn, a life that's torn and wrecked by sin, and he can put those pieces back together again. That mom held me and cried and says, I wish my son knew you before he died. Well, you know what? He's gone. I told her, see, he's gone. But you guys are still alive. You're still here. It's never too late to bring your needs to the altar and ask God to come in your life. Life is so different with Jesus. Life is so different, altogether different. When God comes in, he takes control of your life. And you know what? Sometimes it's, it's embarrassing when you, when you have friends, that you have to go with friends and, and your companions around you that they don't serve God, they don't understand what it is. But as a child of God, I never want to compromise the integrity of my salvation. And go with the flow of the world and the things that are in the world. I pray that God would help me that my light would shine from the inside out. That when people look at me, what they see? Do they see me? Do they see hatred and malice and envy and lies and, and, and killing and drinking and drunkenness and all that? Do they see that? Or should they see Christ? See love and kindness and mercy and goodness. When uh, uh, Paul writes, I think it might have been in the fourth chapter of Philippians, when he says, and, he says uh, and finally, my brethren, he says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, he says, think on these things. You know, you can lie down and your mind can either think on good things or your mind can think on stressful things. It's up to you and it's up to me how we can control that. We can control the way we live. See, the devil don't come and, and grab my hand to, and pull me to do something that's evil. No, I make that decision. I'm in control of my life. If I want to serve God, I'll serve God. If I want not to serve God, then I don't serve God. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And that is why I'm thankful for that day that brother and sister Singh went back to Guyana. As a teenager, they went back and, and they were different individuals that I knew them before they came to the United States. And I remember the night when we sat down, they put their suitcase down, and that, the night I sat down with my brother at the back sta stairs, and for hours we sat down, and I wanted to hear the Word of God. He did not tell me about America, and the cars in America, and the beautiful things that you can uh, work in America and uh, obtain, and you can get material things uh, overseas. He did not talk about the luxuries of life in America. He talked the word of God. When the scripture says the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they that seek the law should seek it in his mouth. Out of his mouth came out the word of God. Scripture says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Jesus says let these words sink down deep into your heart. He says in John 17 and now are you clean through the words that I've spoken unto you. He says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. 
And so I listened to those things, and to me, it was so interesting. But I could not have learned anything about what he was saying earlier than the time that God allowed me to listen to it and hear it. When the time was fully come, it was that time that God opened up my heart to truth and opened my eyes to accept truth in the Word of God. And some of us might sit in church for many years, but it's a time that God would have when He'll touch your heart and touch your eyes and touch your mind and open it up to truth. And if that time comes, I pray that God would help me never to resist what He's doing in my life to make the changes. You know, the days that are lying ahead, I don't know what 2024 lies uh, for, for holds for every one of us. I don't know. If we're looking at this congregation tonight, and I don't know if we all are going to be here by the end of next year. We don't know what the future holds. But I pray that God would help us to have this strong communication and connection with Him, that regardless of what happens, our, our faith would not waver. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadows of death? David said, I will fear no evil. There is a fear right now that's gra gra grabbing the hearts of many individuals and people, especially the young ones. I've never heard of youth or children depression until I came here in Canada. I've never heard of stress on young people, but there is stress. There is depression. There's suicidal thoughts that are going through the minds of a lot of young people today. But God is able to deliver his people Amen. from such evil. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him. And you know what? I pray that God would help us this coming year to make it a year of prayer. Prayer is vital for every one of us. It's our protection. It's our strength. It's the breath that we breathe. Let's let pray that God would keep our young ones, preserve their minds, because the, 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 the temptation and the pull is so strong out there in the world that will pull them aside. But not when we have a home that is built right and the Word of God and the foundation is laid right. We are in a good place. And that is why I appreciate God for this church. I've learned so much. Not only learned from God, I have made changes in my life. And that is why I'm grateful tonight to be here in this beautiful place that I can lift my hands up in praises and adoration to God. God is a wonderful and merciful God. You know what? Let's pray for individuals. Let's pray for each other. Don't say a hard word that would discourage someone. You know, he that hath knowledge spirit his words. And the man of understanding, the scripture says, is of an excellent spirit. Let our words be words of healing and strength and encouragement to the people next to us. Jesus had gracious words that he spoke to the people with. Why don't we change our lives and ask God to help us to make that required changes in our lives that we can be an example and a help to those people around us. Why don't you pray with me at this time? Father, tonight as we come before your presence, we're grateful to you, Lord, for this church that you have brought us to. This place that we can experience your presence. Where we can sing praises to you, Lord, and fill our hearts with gratitude and thanks. Tonight we bring our lives before you. We bring our families before you. Every family, oh God, every individual, every young person we bring before you. Those that are faced with challenges, oh God, and 
those that are, are, are having problems right now, Father, whatever the needs are in their lives, we commit before you tonight. And we pray that you'll reach down by your mercy and grace. Strengthen those that are weak. Pray for healing for those that are sick. Encouragement for those that are depressed tonight, we pray. Bring and deliver those that are held in captivities tonight. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name as we commit our future in your hands. We're thankful to you, Lord, for this place. We give you thanks for salvation and for our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. service because Brother Joe told me they had some problems with the thermostat downstairs and I just wanted to check it so I went and checked everything out I'm standing here we are singing another chorus and I told Nadine wonderful wonderful Jesus and she said that and that's wonderful wonderful but I really meant wonderful wonderful Jesus you don't know that he's my friend to the end. You don't know that? I'm going to teach you that. Anyways, we decided to come. We normally come here one hour before church. Today we decided to come one and a half hours before church. And I started out driving and I told Charlie, I said, I think I have a flat tire. And so pulled across in one of the side street and um, checked my tire and completely flat. Brand new tires, two months old. Well, tires are flat, so I pulled it aside, took the pump, tried to pump it up, it would not even budge. 
and so I call CAA. And while I'm trying to get that done, a car pulls in and parked behind me against the fence, and a man came out, and um, his name is Miran. Came out, and he looked at me, says, can I help? I said, well, I think I'm okay. I'm called CA, and they'll come and uh, solve the problem. And Chandri had sent, Nadine came and took Chandri. And Miran looked at me and he says, I'm going to stay with you until this problem is fixed. I don't know the man, but a man showed up and he said, you, you need a coffee? I said, no. He said, can I go get some water? No. And then the CA man came up and the guy that came from CAA, I was so sorry for him. Because this is a little Indian guy from India, I can tell, tell his accent. And um, he had to go online to find out where I have the spare tire on the vehicle. I said, I never had a use for it. And he went online. <laughs> that man really punished himself tonight. And then he went out and he got the tire out from underneath where the driver is sitting. And he had to go through some things, I mean, forever. And then he, because I never used the tire, it was rusted tight to the contain the thing that holds it. And it took forever. But I wanted to say, what I wanted to say was, in the time that I fell into that little problem, and I could have the car just towed, but no, I wanted them to fix the car because I pay for CAA. And uh, a man named Miran showed up and was there foot to foot with me when the poor little um, CAA technician come. He could not find his tools. He could not find things to unlock the tires. He could not find anything. And he's down in the cold and it was cold. Um, I didn't feel cold, I was fine. But um, while he's doing that, Mehran came and he provided this proper log spanner. He went to the back, he found the proper spanner that was on the car to take the tires off. And everything was fine. And it amazes me how God works. Yes, sir. I don't think anything happens by accident. And so I'm, I'm listening to all of these uh, Brother Sam's testimony, and I'm thinking of so many things. Last night, uh, it was amazing. Last night, I we heard on our door, and when I opened the door, there was this handsome little boy standing there uh, with a little platter and a cake. The new Muslim family in the neighborhood brought me and Jandri a cake. I thought, I thought, you know, it is amazing how people that are not even a part of the church are so responsive right. to render assistance. Um, it's, it's like so many individuals that you encounter on a daily basis. And I'm sure Miran is not an angel. I'm sure he's just an ordinary guy that lives on top of that place that sells the... Uh, the um, monuments and the memorials. But God is good. 
He never errs in judgment. And everything that happens to your life that's bad, to you it's bad, to God it's good. And we appreciate the Lord for his many mercies in our lives. I'm sorry, Brother Joe is not well tonight. He took me out for breakfast, and his breakfast was very healthy. And um, I ate junk, he ate healthy breakfast. No touching bread. And I told Chandri, here I am. He took me out. We had a nice time to fellowship. And he's eating healthy. He's not eating junk. He wouldn't touch a slice of bread. So I told him, I said, if you were living in Jesus' day, all he had to give his disciples was bread. And um, he's not well tonight. Maybe the food was too healthy. But um, uh, he is not well. And we want to remember to pray for Brother Joe. And uh, who else? Brother Joe's a sister. And maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, he is a little bit upset. Because his sister that was already very sick, dying, um, almost dying, she had a stroke. She had a stroke. And um, it does not seem good for her. She's not in church, but um, I don't think she is much of a Christian. But we pray for everybody. We pray for people that are in trouble and in need of God. And one last thing I'll say before I send you home tonight. As Nadine was testifying tonight, I remember the day when she lost her job. Sean was gone already, right? Um, when you had the car experience, the... the, was the dashboard? Uh, yeah, Sean. Sean was gone. And um, we came for a little prayer meeting here. It was before cancer. Yeah, before you had cancer, right? And before you had discovered you had cancer, we came for a little prayer meeting here during the day. Indy, were you here for that prayer meeting? No, you were here, right? You were here. So myself, Indy, um, Chandri, and Nadine, uh, I don't think anyone else was there. Like four of us came during the day and we knelt down there and we prayed. And um, we left. And Chandri and I said, we're going to go and have lunch at Swiss Chile. Right? We're going to have lunch at Swiss Chile. Uh, treat ourselves and so we left and went and Nadine went her own way and while we were there I thought you know what let me call Nadine and tell her to join us because she already her husband is gone she's with the boys uh, life is a little stressful and so I called Nadine and she said dad I will have to call you back I'm on the line on on the phone with BMW BMW and so the testimony was, we prayed, Nadine left. And when she got in her car, she grumbled, grumbled, grumbled. You ever, you ever grumbled? You ever grumble? Therese, you ever grumble? Yeah, I grumble all the time. And she was grumbling. Lord, I'm a good child. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do parties. I, and Lord, you know what, why, why all these things are happening? Now what, my, my job. Uh, Timothy was going to go to high school. So long, so long ago. Timothy needed to go to high school, and the price, uh, the price for high school was like the one we selected was uh, seventeen thousand dollars plus busing, plus uniform, plus um, books, books and everything. You're looking at about twenty twenty five thousand dollars, 
and she was praying. She says, Lord, I'm a good child. Why all of these things are coming, the challenges? And while she's complaining, she said, Dad, the dashboard of the BMW, it's all electronic, it went blank. And one single word came on that dashboard. What was that, Nadine? It says, hope. Completely gone blank. And one word showed up and it said, hope. And then it vanished again and the electronics come on back. So she pulled the car aside and she called BMW to ask them, is there a feature on this car that everything would go blank and one word come up and says, hope this? <laughs> no, there's nothing like that. And it is simple miracles like that that you experience that keep you going. Does your battles don't stop. And then do you know that the Lord worked a miracle for Timothy? Uh, the school, the principal that he used to go to before in the grade school, uh, she called the school long story short, 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 short. Instead of Timothy paying twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year for high school because it was a private school. The school called and said he will have free busing. They have uniforms that he could use and his fee would be $4,000 a year. Does God answer prayers? Yes, sir. yes, he does. And we have seen miracles after miracles just like that. And you might not see 500 people gathered in church. If I see 500 people in church tonight, I quit. Let Brother Sam take over. I don't like a lot of people. They confuse me. And <laughs> honestly, they confuse me. And God is good. Yes, he is. I like the small miracles. Yes. The, the miracles that keep you going every day. Like Miran tonight. Who knows of a man coming to stand there while it's cold, and he stand in the cold, and right, and he offers me a coffee, and he says, can I get some water? And then before it was all over, I said, I'm a pastor. He said, you gotta be kidding. I said, yes, I'm a pastor, and my church is on Greaves Avenue, just in case he wants to come to church. I didn't tell him, come to church. No, I told him where the church is, and I'm the pastor, and that's how God is. He, he would give you enough strength to face tomorrow. And you might have another challenge tomorrow, and every challenge is an opportunity to defeat it. We don't pray, oh God, take away the storms. We pray, God, help me to adjust my sails, that I might ride out the next storm that comes. I love my storms. I love my trials. I love my testings. I love the cross that God has placed on my life. And when testings come, I appreciate God. Through it all, he has never let us down. And so we have individuals we want to pray for. I know Brother Sam already prayed, but can you stand and join with me here as we sing? You know, you got it? She's going to try for us to sing that song. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus, He is my friend, true to 
special way we want to remember Brother Joe as he is under the little stress about his sister's sickness. Pray that you'll strengthen him. Pray for every child of God that's not here tonight but not well in their body that you'll touch them. And we want to thank you for those little miracles that we experience in our lives every day, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Bless our service tomorrow, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.